Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Scott Tucker here with Veteran Wealth Secrets, and and yeah, we're going live on Thanksgiving because uh, we all know the situation we're in. So I know people are are sitting around, and I, I unfortunately don't have a whole lot planned because my family are all in different states. But I love the opportunity to connect with you all and share some more uh, veteran secrets. And one of the things I like to talk about a lot, especially in, in the transition, the veteran transition community is understanding the new opportunities in the modern economy and that these aren't skill sets you typically get in a military career. So you got to you know, find the people to learn them from or the resources to learn them from. But when you implement them, they're in high demand. And I'm super happy that Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media has joined us today on Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jeremy. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your insight. Let's just get started real quick. What's your background? I, I, I know you have a pretty powerful story. Have you been a successful entrepreneur? Uh, had a health crisis after the military and uh, had to start over again. You, you want to tell us a little bit about the, your trials and tribulations? Yeah, it's been one hell of a ride, Scott. I got out, started my first business. The first business crashed. That was a complete disaster. We always got to have those. That's the point, right? <laughs> well, you know, and the reality is we learn so much more from our failures than we mm -hmm. ever will from our successes. So as much as some of those experiences were painful and difficult and challenging, I wouldn't trade them for anything because had I not gone through them, I wouldn't have learned what I learned and I would not have built the, the resiliency that I have. Mm -hmm. So as shitty as they were profoundly impactful in a positive way as well. So mm -hmm. wouldn't trade it for anything. But so I had that failure, bounced around for a while at a couple of different jobs, and then went out and started my next company, ran that successfully for many years. And then I took about a year off. As I started to come back, started my company, and then brought on basically all of our clients came right back to us. And then that's when this health crisis kicked in. And we had been working on, we're still trying to fix that. We don't know exactly what it is. We've been hammering every possible thing that we can for the last, what, six, seven years, I think it is oh, now. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's been a whole journey there. But as that, when that happened, my business crashed, went down to zero. We burned through hundreds of thousands of dollars in savings, just trying to stay alive, racked up a bunch of debt. So basically I had just started this new company, which was already running well, because like I said, all the clients came back to us, but everything went to zero. We burned through all of our savings. We've racked mm -hmm. up massive debt. So now here I am trying to build a business from less than zero. And that's where one of the things that we've been focusing on lately is turning people into authorities within their industry. Mm -hmm. And that's where I developed this process because I was at a point where I was just in constant excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. I was constantly tired. I, if I had to go interact with other human beings, I had to really psych myself up and, and put on this fake face and hide the pain and fake my energy for the brief periods. So it was like a sprint, right? So I could not work the same way that I used to. I had to find smarter ways to do things. Mm -hmm. And because of how this all played out, there was about a two-year period 
there where I was pretty much bedridden. I was either on the couch or in my bed. So the business was effectively dead. So two years with basically no income. We had already burned through hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point in medical costs. So I had to find a way to get back on top fast. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was developing this process that will you know, catapult you into becoming an authority. And I, I leveraged my way up and, and rebuilt my name because part of the problem I had was I'd taken a year off and now here's these two years where I'm pretty much doing nothing in my industry anyway, in the marketing industry. If you don't have case studies, if you don't have clients that you can use as examples, you're nothing, you're nobody. So I had to get around that. I had to build things back up and I had to do it in a powerful way. And that's how I got to figure out this process and develop this, which put me where I was to catapult back up to, you know, the top of the industry. So that's the journey in a super compressed story there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you found this idea of becoming a top authority because a lot of veterans, we come out, we're the quiet professional. I don't want to stand out and so on and so forth. But the bottom line is we, we come out looking all the same. You could put a, a, a sergeant's resume next to a colonel's and most people are going to read it and go, okay, it looks like you're competent. Whether you're starting right. a business, you know, you're being self-employed, or you want to get hired for a particular type of career field or industry, becoming known is what makes you stand out. And there's various ways to do that. What do you think are the opportunities for veterans to take advantage of the, these all these digital tools and and maybe it's not only digital you tell me but to really you know stand out and be different because gosh there are so many opportunities yet people are like I don't know how to find them and it's like have them find you and, and I'll definitely happy to answer all those but before I do that I want to back up for a second and talk sure. a little bit about the mindset okay, you talked about important. looking at the the resume of like a sergeant versus I don't remember what, I don't know if you said Lance Corp or whatever, but the reality is, yes, we have a problem where most people, if they looked at what a sergeant did or a gunny or a Lance Corporal, it's all going to look the same. Mm -hmm. And part of the problem we had in the military is you don't go running around talking about what you're doing and how awesome you are. If you do that, we have uh, some very colorful language for that in the military. So we come out and, and we've got this idea that People are just going to recognize us for our awesomeness. And the reality is that's not even close to how it works. Mm -hmm. So I have an interesting experience that was eye-opening for me. Refresh my memory, Scott. What branch were you? I was Army. Okay. So you probably already know that in the Marine Corps, things are a <laughs> lot more strict, right? Yeah. Like you guys are a little more laid back, not quite as laid back as the Air Force. It's not quite as rigid. Well, um, when I, so real quick, I, I remember when I first started hanging out with Marines just a few years ago, they kept on saying kill. And I was like, geez, guys, <laughs> like chill. Like we're all fat civilians now. Come on. So there was a, a point in my career fairly early on where I was handling uh, for any of the Marine Corps veterans who are listening, the MCI program. For anyone who's not in the Marine Corps, that's basically a correspondence education course within the Marine Corps for all kinds of different programs. And within my unit, I was, in addition to my other infantry grunt type stuff that I had to do, I was the person in charge of managing that for our unit. Mm -hmm. Now, typically, at the time, I was a Lance Corporal. Typically, that would be handled by a sergeant. So I was doing uh, the billet of a much higher rank because I was very good at a lot of things. So they just dropped a lot of shit in my plate. That's, mm -hmm. that's how the military works. Yeah. So we had this change of command ceremony and a little bit of backstory, a little bit of context. The MCI program in the Marine Corps was 
at least when I was in, it was just a complete dumpster fire. What we would yeah, I stand for uh, Marine Corps Institute. Okay. So we would, we would, these guys would take their classes and then they would su submit the tests and we'd send that off to headquarters Marine Corps up in Virginia. And half the time it would get lost. Mm -hmm. Half the time they, they would not get the results. And this was important because this played a role in whether or not a Marine got promoted or not, whether or not they had the opportunity to go to certain schools or do certain things. So this was a really important issue. And I had gotten it to the point where ours was really dialed in and we weren't having the problems that other units were having. So fast forward to our change of command ceremony. Our captain's leaving. We're getting a new captain. Now, I hadn't met the guy yet, never talked to him. So the change of command ceremony happens. I'm back at the company office afterwards. He comes walking in and he's like, off. Bring me the MCI program documents into my office and we're gonna go over these and uh, we're gonna make some changes. We're gonna do this and this. So me being the young Lance Corporal that I was, mm -hmm. I said to him, no, sir, we're not going to do this and this. We're doing it this way, da, 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 da. Here's why we're doing it. Here's why what you want to do won't work. And then just dead silence. <laughs> and he's staring at me for what felt like an eternity and gave me a lot of time to think about what a colossal mistake I may right, have just made. Right. And he's just staring at me with this, you know, intense Marine Corps stare. And he's this mammoth guy, just giant. He looked like, I'll tell you who he looked like in a minute. <laughs> but so he stares at me. And then after this long, awkward silence is over with, he just nods his head and says, all right, Lance Corporal, sounds like you've got it under control. Mm -hmm. Run it your way. And for me, that was a little bit of a kind of a red pill moment because yeah. I had always thought, which was ironic considering how much he looked like Morpheus from The Matrix. Right, okay. <laughs> but it was a red pill moment for me because I had always, even within the military, had always been fed this story that you just do your job, bust your ass, do uh, you know as well as you can, and people will recognize it, and you'll get the opportunities based on that. And the reality is, that's not the case. You mm -hmm. have to demonstrate your expertise. You have to demonstrate what you're capable of and present that, not just do it, but then present what you've done so that people can see what you're capable of, so that people can see how you can solve their problems or help them in some way. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think as veterans, we're not great at. We're not great at the whole self-promotion thing. We're not great at demonstrating what we're capable of. We're great at doing the job. We're not great at presenting what we've done. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I relate to that because I remember I was an officer and once the XO above me got fired for losing a radio, all of a sudden I'm not a platoon leader anymore. I just, hey, Scott, you got to be the XO now. It's, oh, now I'm staff guy. And <laughs> my last job in the military, I was at headquarters UCOM, which is all colonels and, and stuff running around. I'm just a young captain. And I sit around, I just wait and I was like, all right, somebody tell me what to do. And the only thing I really did that last year was the Christmas party. Okay. But, and I just, and I was always like, man, I should be like, you know, like figuring something out, being helpful. And I didn't know when I came out as a veteran and, and entered the financial industry, same thing. I just sat around and waited until somebody was telling me, hey, what's the SOP here? And life doesn't work that way. No, there's tons of opportunity out there if we're willing to take it. That's, mm -hmm. that's the bottom line. The way I look at it, in the military, we had a mission. And the mission was usually not going to go exactly according to plan. We all knew that. Mm -hmm. But we all knew, I, I think you guys in the Army probably had the same concept, commander's intent, right? If everything goes to hell, this is what we want to achieve, no matter what. Regardless of the plan, this is the end goal. 
And when we approach life in that way, like we know what we want to accomplish, then we just find different ways to get there. And when we apply that same thinking to our civilian life, we get the same kind of results. And you think about it, the military, if given the resources, if given, not even the resources, if just given the, let the chains off the dogs, let them do what they need to do, they're going to accomplish the mission regardless of the circumstances. You take that same thinking and apply it in the civilian world, you're going to have the same outcome. And I think a lot of us just don't do that. It may adapt and overcome. And so where does becoming an authority work? I have a theory but when someone says, I don't know what I want to do, I don't know what I, I want to do when I grow up, I actually kind of think, good, if go search it by being out there, open, yes. become known, and, and maybe along the way you discover it as you're meeting people and stuff. What's, how do veterans leverage the, the digital landscape to you know, become an authority, but also maybe find themselves, find their passion? Yeah. And I don't think it's so much that you find yourself. I think you develop mm -hmm. yourself because you're going to go through things. And as you're experiencing things, you'll find maybe something is good for you or something isn't good for you. But along the way, you're developing skills, you're developing particular character traits, and that's what makes you who you are. And that's why we see most people not really accomplish anything because they just float through life and just take it as it comes. And they never really change or evolve or, or develop new skills, develop new character traits. But as far as the you know, specifically to veterans, what we need to do is we need to get out there. We need to put ourselves physically out there, whether it's digital or in the physical world, get on social media, get out there and start sharing your opinion. If you have a particular skill set, maybe you're somebody who's really good at overcoming adversity, like David Goggins, share your thoughts on that. Maybe you're somebody who's a brilliant financial mind. Get out there and share your knowledge. What happens when you share your knowledge is, and, and this is really how you do it. When it comes to self-promotion, people get it very wrong most of the time. You've got people who will go out and be like, hey, I'm the best. You should work with me because I'm awesome. That's just douchey. That's, mm -hmm. That doesn't work. <laughs> but when you can get out here and you can say, hey, here's what you need to do because of X, Y, Z. Here's how to do it. That's a totally different scenario. You are sharing your knowledge. You're showing somebody how to do something. And they can then look at that and determine, hey, does this guy actually know what he's talking about or not? Yes, he does because X, Y, Z. Here's all these facts that he shared. Here's the steps. Here's the process. Here's what mm -hmm. he's done. When we do that, we're promoting ourselves without directly promoting ourselves. And that's how you accomplish that. And as you build a, what I'll call a library of this type of content, right? This is something that's not going to happen overnight. Everyone always talks about these overnight successes. They don't see the 10, 20 years that went yeah, into yeah. leading up to that. I've been doing what I'm doing for basically 20 years, building my knowledge, building my experience, writing articles, being on podcasts, sharing my knowledge all over the place. And I had somebody a few years ago, who's a pretty good friend. And they were like, we were just, this was shortly after the health crisis kicked off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, man, some of us were talking and we were talking about like your meteoric rise. It's not just <laughs> right. It's not just, but, but any context, like he knew, cause I've known him for years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just that it was to most people from the outside. It looked like that because mm -hmm. I had always pretty much been behind the scenes. Like I knew people in the industry, but I wasn't super public, but I had been, you know, publishing, I had been doing things, but what they saw after the health crisis started was just like astronomical growth. Mm -hmm. But that was preceded by what at that point, 15 years of busting my ass, sharing my knowledge, doing all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just applied a different process to that. And it just blew up. So 
that's what we need to do. And there's so many ways we can do this. Social media is an obvious platform, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Um, video is a really great platform for this kind of thing because you can get out here and share. You can do it great big mammoth pieces of content. You might get on and do a, a video about investing in stocks and it might be this huge comprehensive thing. And then you could turn around and break that up into littler bits. So it might mm -hmm. be like, what is uh, technical trading? What is value cost averaging? Things like that, these various financial nuggets. But what you're doing is you're sharing knowledge and then that over time builds up. Uh, a great example of this really is Gary Vaynerchuk. This mm -hmm. guy is just an absolute content machine. Now, granted, he's got a huge team behind him. He's got guys following him around all day with cameras. We don't right. have that. Right. However, we all do have these little devices in our pocket. We can be shooting videos all the time. It doesn't have to be super high quality production value. It can just be you on your phone sharing a particular piece of wisdom. You could create a group, start sharing your knowledge within that group. Now you've got this whole captive audience, this tribe, and that, that tribal mentality. Like We know how that works because we've got that. Right. Like you see somebody and you find out they're a veteran. What's the first thing you do? Oh, hey, this guy's awesome. You don't even know him yet, but you've got this bond because they're a veteran. So same kind of concept as we're out here promoting ourselves. If you can start to build a community around your personal brand, mm -hmm. now you start to get significantly more leverage. So by sharing your knowledge, sharing your experience and building a community, that's how you get to become an authority. Yeah, it's it, it's not just about putting up a LinkedIn profile. And no. say, I now have a personal brand because they told me, oh, I got to go open a LinkedIn account now. And uh, it's about you know, giving value. The misconception it used to be this way. You had to get mm -hmm. certifications. You had to get the extra degrees and you had to get all these things. Right. That's not necessarily required anymore because it, it's all about giving value. Do you have well, an experience or knowledge that somebody else behind you doesn't have? If you share that, who cares what your qualifications are? And even look at the big companies, Google and Apple and Amazon. They're even getting to the point where they don't care about degrees now. Google has a program where they're wanting to look at the side projects, the, the development things that you've created on your own. That's what they're looking at rather than, hey, do you have this college degree? Because the reality is college is so far behind the real world when it comes to things like tech that when you're a student and you're just developing your own little projects on the side, maybe you've developed this app or this piece of software, this special website that does some special functionality. What you're doing is you're demonstrating your ability to operate in the real world and create real value. And that's what they're looking at. And I know and it's Thanksgiving Day. I know you got a turkey. You're, you're ready to cook. So let, let's wrap it up. Specifically, what you do at Spartan Media and how, how these are the new skill sets that, that can be applied. How many companies would love to have a veteran come out and be like, hey, I taught myself social media marketing. I taught myself SEO in a weekend and I started applying it. And little by little, I, I built on it and it grew. How do more veterans better understand the opportunities in this industry? So I want to throw a little caveat out there. It's not just the industry, right? Mm -hmm. All of us, regardless of what we do, need these skills. Yeah. Because if we're going to run our own business, we need to either be able to do this stuff or be able to evaluate another agency, another freelancer to see if they actually know what they're doing to handle it for us. Mm -hmm. So either way, we need the skills. We all need a personal brand. We all need to be out there and be public and, and build this authority within our own respective industries. So we have to have the skills no matter whether we're in that industry or not. So that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. From there, it's a matter of learning. When I first got into this industry, most people thought that the internet was going to be a fad. And really? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was back in 1999. So uh, clearly that has turned out not to be a, a, an accurate hypothesis, but we are at a point where we all 
need to be leveraging digital. We mm -hmm. all need to have a personal brand. We all need to be out here creating the exposure. And there's so many resources for finding this that didn't exist back then. You can go online and find various information. You've got what social media examiner, you've got search engine journal, entrepreneur.com Forbes. you've got all of these different publications where you can learn this stuff. And then you can also find like specific people and, and follow them and, and engage with their content and learn specific things. Like in my case, I teach a lot about, I teach a lot pretty much across the board on digital marketing, SEO, web development, authority marketing, the whole nine yards, but just get out there and find that information and, and stay up to date on it. Because what's going to work today may not work tomorrow. What's working today wasn't even a thing a year ago in a lot of cases. So mm -hmm. we have to find the current information, stay up to date on it and keep working, keep practicing and keep refining because that's how we're going to get good at it. The same way we did in the military. You didn't go yeah. to boot camp, blow a few rounds on the rifle range and then be like, all right, I'm a Marine. No, right. you went out to the range and shot, whether it was raining, snowing, hot, cold, whatever. And you just consistently practice and continually refine your skill set. And we need to take that same approach out here. Yeah, I, I like to say we don't fight today's wars with yesterday's weapons and, and technology. <laughs> and the reality is we're not taking these things on deployment. We're not taking them in the field. We're not taking them on ships. So how many hours are we behind our civilian counterparts who are just playing around on this stuff in their free time? It's fascinating how many veterans I talk to don't understand what Google Drive is. And so it's we, we need to learn we need to learn these things if we want to compete in, in the in the marketplace for opportunities. But Jeremy, thank you so yeah. much for, for coming on and sharing what My is, pleasure. I think, the, the most important aspect of allowing veterans to, to get what they want. You know, if you, like Zig Ziglar says, if you help other people get what they want, you will get what you want, even if you don't know what it is yet. But getting online is the best way to do it. Jeremy, tell us about Spartan Media as we go out. Who should be contacting you? How do they contact you? What can you do? Yeah, we it, it's a full service agency. But what we mainly do is we help people get... Um, recognize as the authority in their industry, create more exposure so that they can get more press, land more clients and earn more money. I'm not difficult to find for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> if you Google my name or Spartan Media, you're going to find me. I'm all over the place. Social media. I've got a column at Entrepreneur. I'm not tough to find. Great, great. Thanks. Thanks again, man. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. To everybody else, enjoy yours as well. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.